Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Hey there, folks. Welcome back. Today, I'm in the middle of a discussion with Chris Shipfilling of Global Wired Advisors. Um, they are a lower or middle market investment bank. Now, the primitive version of what they do is they're an intermediary, so they're kind of a version of a broker, but it's obviously more sophisticated than that. And today, we're really talking focusing on the idea of why corporate strategics or private equity in particular is more and more interested in e-commerce and how that changes the the system that we all uh, sell within as well even if you never change your you never never sell your business i should say in your entire entire life you're going to get into a bit of the case study of a recent three million dollar ebitda business that chris and jason and the team at global wide advisors dealt with and uh, really just trying to work out where have been things been, where are they heading next, and then finding ways to operate within a system where uh, there's very, very big capital being brought to bear. How do we compete? How do we stay ahead of the game? So those are the few of the things that we're going to cover. This is deep stuff. I cannot claim that you're going to learn everything you need to know in the next 20 minutes, but I certainly think if it's thought-provoking and it, it provokes you to further investigation and self-education, We'll have done you a big service. So enjoy the show and uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe as well at the end. Thank you. So tell us, yeah, tell us a bit more about this, you know, the, the sort of next slide and, and where we're going with this stuff. A couple of good data points. I mean, look, the reality is there's been $3 billion of aggregate, what we call uh, dry powder, which is just capital that's been raised for these aggregators that are out there. When you really start to look at what what is on corporate balance sheets and how much dry powder is on private out and just private equity alone. I mean, you're talking about about $1.2 trillion worth of what we call dry powder, right? When you look at just, when you look at just what is, you know, reserved or earmarked for consumer discretionary, it's close to three to $500 billion worth of capital that's ready to deploy into consumer products across the board. So when you start thinking about it from that perspective and you go three billion versus there's so much cash yet still to deploy in the space, these are all really good nuggets for everybody listening who's a seller. You know, venture broke the trail, trail. companies though were cash flow positive from day one. And this really eliminates a lot of that platform risk for a PE fund as we just walked through. It's a lot, a lot like an, a canary in the coal mine, right? <laughs> Where that's kind of how they view venture. They view venture um, capital and venture debt as that canary in a coal mine. And hey, the canary came came back. He survived. Therefore, I can go on the coal mine now. You know, and so that's and that's and the other thing too, which is really interesting. You've got real Amazon. These Amazon concentrated businesses. They have real scale now. They have real brand. Now there's still a, a gaggle, as I like to call it, of of sellers out there that don't have these tenants, and they need to grow into them if they really want a solid sellable business. Otherwise, they're just nothing more than cash flow or commodity, which, by the way, fits the aggregator model fairly well. That's something else we can talk about later. And they have real staying power. I mean, these are really good tenants for private equity to look at this this part of the space, which is still very small. You're talking three five million dollars in EBITDA. 
you know, you and I sit there personally and we go, you know, damn, that's pretty good. Like that's really strong. Someone is, is, is successfully grown their business, private equity, you know, and, and, and corporate strategic still look at that as a very small business, but they've got really good scale. They've got staying power. These are things that are very important to what, to those types of guys. So, you know, a couple of things, what does this mean for your company in the short and long-term, you know, stronger capital is going to bring increased vertical competition, just get used to it. You know, you are, you, you've got a lot of these, you know, the strategies for a lot of aggregators and it's the same strategy for private equity. They're looking for those top quartile brands within specific verticals. And those are the brands that, you know, get the highest multiples and will, will get a great trade and business owners are, are willing to sell them. Well, when they're sold off, you know, they're now backed by lots and lots of growth capital, right? And that growth capital is going to go directly into what's currently working in the digital marketing process, right? So let's take a look at what's actually working on Amazon and the Amazon advertising strategy. How can I deploy more capital towards making that better? Do I hire an outside firm? Absolutely, because I think that's where more and more of this is headed, by the way. As you mature, you no longer can have the Upwork guy or the guy in, in mom's basement telling you how to optimize. You've got to have the guy or the firm that has the real experience and much more corporate or professional experience now being your jungle scout, being your Sherpa on Amazon and showing you the way. And you really have to start outsourcing some of that stuff. And that's that's where a lot of that's headed. So you just got to get used to now. You've got, and, and by the way, you know, when you work, Michael, with somebody, say, one-on-one, or you're working within your mastermind, there's a lot of conversation about how do I optimize my ACOS? How do I optimize and just basically squeeze the, just squeeze every single drop out of the lemon? Well, with guys like this, they're not actually looking at the, they're not penny pinching. Let's just put it that way, just to make it as simplistic as possible. What they're looking at is they're looking at the enterprise value of this business in four years. And so to them, they're going, I actually need massive amounts of growth. The financial health is already there. I'm just going to pour lots and lots of dollars to acquire customers. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm not nearly as concerned as the sole proprietor about my ACOS percentage. In fact, year one, year two, I may not even care at all. I'm just trying to get a brand out there with as much awareness as possible. So you do have a higher risk of actually running the business as a sole proprietor. If you don't find really smart people to 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 latch onto, whether that be a mastermind, you know, plugging the 10K collective, or whether that be, you know, just a professional advertising firm, a professional optimizing firm, to really that you can hit your wagon to and, and, and help. So, you know, most first generation business owners that you and I work with, they're so good at building, but new capital is really great at that maturity and that mature growth. And that's really what's going to happen in the next three to four years. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. that I think you make it. I don't know what what the exact takeaway is for for the small business owners in some ways, but I guess it comes down to penny pinching is 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 the natural home of the mom and pop business, and so it should be, especially in the early years. But at a certain point, that mentality will kill you if your competition is just for acquiring eyeballs. I guess it's that kind of venture capital back sort of tech startup yeah. mentality. It starts to come into the space and actually they just want, it's almost a bit like, again, there's a rerun of all the Chinese factories selling generic stuff. They don't care about profit. They want market share and that's it. And and if we are too obsessed with profit and in the short term, obviously yeah. it's got to be cash flowable. But, you know, that implies again at some point, if everyone else is very, very funded with debt or equity, we've either got to be equally funded or we've got to sell up, right? I mean, this is my, 
you know, brutal realization recently. I've just been looking at this. I mean, do you agree with that rather crude, crude statement? I, I would. I'd say there's there's really two. There's way to, there's a way to bifurcate this. There's a way to kind of go in two different paths. And I think one path is, you know, the takeaway the takeaway really for your listeners is, hey, don't hide your head under the sand with all of this new capital. Be aware of it. You know, be on top of it. Know that it exists. And go find lots of lots of ways to combat it. There's so many different conferences. I just spoke recently at a billion. The call it was called the Billion Dollar Seller Summit by Kevin King, and the the speakers that were there were phenomenal. I mean, giving you hacks and tips and tricks throughout all of this new capital getting poured into the platform. It, it, this isn't a loser conversation. This is a you just got to think about things a bit differently. It's this is a pivot conversation, not a loser conversation. And be aware of it. Find find new groups. If you've been just going at it alone with lots of pride saying, "Ah, screw it, I can do it on my own." You know, I'm the alpha. You know, realize that hey, you may just need to find a couple friends. You may need to get part of some some good groups. You may you may need for the first time actually reach out to some advertising agencies that are just amazing at what they do, and because they're the ones that are concentrated, they know their lane and they know it well, and so they're going to be able to provide extremely good strategy to deploy into your business to help you continue to win moving forward. But that might not be the path. So as I was saying, it's not. A, this isn't a loser conversation. This isn't something that you should walk away feeling like, oh gosh, I feel down. No, this is just a pivot conversation. Just you know, finding the ways now to to pivot your business to win going forward. Under you know, it's a new time period, and you have to adapt to it. That's basically what I'm saying. But you got to be very aware of what's happening on the back end. You got to be very aware of what's happening from a financial perspective, a financial markets perspective, because that will help inform your strategy and how you move forward. So. But look, there's good news. There's always that's not even bad news. That's just an awareness conversation. The really good news is, look, the landscape of opportunity is increasing. Complexity is increasing with it, as we just walked through. But your opportunity is increasing. Finding the right structure, exit is now a more complex equation to meet your goals. But that's that's a good thing because it just means that there's going to be more options for you, right? Demand demand creates more options, and so. With this new market pressure, you know, the punchline really is valuations are expanding. That's, again, really, really good news for the listeners. So as you're looking towards an exit process and you're kind of doing an analysis of your own business, we've talked before about, hey, you know, here are some of the, the very pragmatic ways to grow the company. But the light at the end of the tunnel is we're growing now and we're maturing into an era going forward for the next uh, lots and lots of years where valuations are going to begin are starting to expand it's going to get better from here excellent news excellent that's very good to hear yes <laughs> so what are your what are your other sort of thoughts on the the bigger picture here bigger picture i think it just you know continue to to do what you're doing but i think again it just goes back to what i said you know just a couple minutes ago you're going to have to you're probably going to have to pivot your business and i don't i can't just sit here it's going to be a customized pivot right it's going to be, okay, well, where am I at now? What's my current growth trajectory? Look, we talked to a lot of sellers where even with all the capital that's been poured into the space over the past year and a half, uh, you know, they're still seeing massive amounts of growth. And I think just Amazon in general, there's just so much more growth to be done through that platform. And then even off Amazon, still yet so much more growth to be done off Amazon. So, you know, what are our bigger thoughts on, or what are our thoughts on the kind of the bigger picture? I mean, look, I think just to recap, the buyer universe is continuing to expand. 
the the way that you react to your business needs to continue to change i think in real time and the the worth of your company continues to go up this is really good this is really good news for a seller very 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 good news so amazing well that is very very good news and it's it's actually fairly un allied on there's not too many caveats on that, i guess really they really when you've got a huge demand and limited supply although it's not that limited but it's limited relative to the crazy upsurge in demand then price goes up i guess is rule one of one of a classical economics which seems to be fairly reliable unlike quite a lot of the rest of classical economics but okay that's good news um so if people want to get in touch you've already mentioned that you're willing to talk to people that are below your kind of target business which is yeah. i guess between one and ten million dollars ebitda or, or seller discretionary income or, or, or whatever we're going to call or earnings yeah. or whatever we're going to call it so if people want more help you're willing to talk to quite a variety of businesses by the sound of it where, where do they go how do they get help from you yeah they can reach me directly it's just cs at globalwiredadvisors.com they can go to our website you know my email address my phone number is actually on that website so people can just call me directly they can email me directly you know we're 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 as i mentioned to you earlier we are very altruistic in the sense of we like to help people you know we like to help people no matter where they are and kind of meet them where they're at and understand where they are and what their what are their goals and so that's really the intersection of ex, of, of the exit process. It's understanding where, where are you today? What are your goals? And what will the capital markets think about that? And then we just kind of can plot out some really good points on how to get there. So yeah, that's how you get in touch with me, man. I like that. Yeah. Where are you today? Where do you want to go? And how are the capital markets going to react? Re- really good questions. So relatively simple questions, but different from the usual ones we would think about in our day-to-day, you know, week to week operations driven thinking. So yeah, very interesting. As as ever, very educational, slightly kind of intimidating, lots of corporate language to absorb. But I guess this is part of the point, isn't it? We've got to educate ourselves about this very, this brave new world, which has suddenly exploded into being. It's just crazy. I mean, at some point, some weeks, I have a new uh, buyer, mostly aggregators, get in touch every single week to come on the podcast. And I'm happy to talk to people because... Uh, you know they will you know educate with a bit of a different viewpoint and stuff but in the end there aren't as you said so many people out there that are really clearly sophisticated operators in fact sometimes i put the odd question and you think you don't kind of really you haven't really thought of this one have you before you formed your company it's funny you say that you know know, there's a lot of that i mean look there's i think we're up to 76 now and counting we get we get approached by at least two a week. You know, mm-hmm. and we also get approached by guys who would love introductions to venture debt, and so you know because they they think they can now do an aggregator roll up. You know because they look they just do a lot of hubris. There's a lot of pride involved. Mm-hmm. Going well, they can do it, I can do it, and it's like eh, I don't think so. Look, I'll tell you this, and and you'll 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 probably get a good laugh. I won't name names, but I had a friend of mine who he actually runs, he runs a private, a pretty decent private equity fund up in Boston. And he was talking to an aggregator. If I said the name, you would know they were, he was specifically talking to their wholesale lead, like their wholesale director, someone who's really going to help them get into just, you know, away from and into retail, brick and mortar retail, right. With some of these brands, this particular guy, him and I became friends because we both came from that operating world in CPG and he goes, Chris, I had one conversation with this person and I'm telling you right now, they have no idea what they're doing. None, zero, zilch, which was pretty damning. You know, this guy's a fairly forgiving person, you know, and he was just like, there was no hope <laughs> like, yeah. at all. So, you know, you're right. It's, it's, and to your point, 
to your point, there's some folks where you're like, I don't think you've actually thought through this yet. Yeah. I don't think you've thought through everything yet. So anyway. There's going to be some shakeouts. So I guess what's interesting is that the landscape as it is now is violently different from even when, you know, you and I and Jason spoke about things in, was it sort of April? getting on for, yeah, something like getting on for a year ago. So, you know, April yeah. 2020 when the world was different. But again, it's if we, if we're talking, yeah, if we're talking April 2022 and, and I'm happy to keep, you know, revisiting this, there's going to be a different landscape again. And it's particularly in it, maybe 18 months to 24 months. I got the feeling from what I've, spoken to various people and, and where the trajectory of this is going that there'll be a lot of people who thought that they could swallow the elephant and then discover that they bought a bunch of amazon businesses they're the dog that caught the car and now they don't know how to manage you know ten thousand SKUs across 17 marketplaces and there's gonna yeah. be some shaking out and some That's, changes and i guess we've just got to keep ourselves informed as as, as op- operate owner operators which i guess is mostly the guys that i'm focused on helping and, and work true. with day to day and we just got to keep ourselves informed about the landscape and, no, and stay true. aware you know it's true and i think i you know i heard this i heard this about a couple like about a week ago from from a from a business broker and, and he was spot on you know you you really need someone who understands these guys you need someone who understands the differences because there are clear differences and not every aggregator is is created equal so that's something very important to, to keep in mind it is yeah well on that slightly scary note but i think that you know you've obviously shown your chops with understanding the the really what strikes me is you know how to speak the language of and work in the sort of rather more process driven world of the private equity the family trusts, which are smart money, but not really aggressive money. And I think there's a difference between that venture capitalist thing, which is, you know, nobody seems to actually really care about profit at all, or even positive cash flow, which is kind of mystifying to most small business owners, because we're really aware of it, either that or you're dead in the water, versus private equity, which has got a more of a, a rational mentality, I would call it. And yet there is a difference, a real difference in the approach, the structuredness, the language between the, the right. essentially the small business owner who probably has the same sort of priorities at heart, stability, profitability, growth, but expresses it in a different way. And it strikes me that you guys are almost like translators or interpreters between two people that have similar priorities at heart but speak different language. And that, that's what strikes me that you really do need to be able to speak the language, otherwise you can't interpret so. It's all, it's also, it's, it's a different type of analysis as well. And I think that's part of the language, you know, it's, it's the way that they analyze the business and why they see something as a good fit or not a good fit, Hmm. you know, being able to really speak that analysis very, very well and bridge that gap to your point of taking a business that may not be as large or complex or maybe, maybe a little complex or just different and explaining that to why, you know, this is a good fit for a particular firm. So yeah, no, you're right, man. That's exactly right. So Great. Well, so anyone out there listening, he's in the enviable position of getting a a $1 million EBITDA business plus. Definitely know who to talk to. And thanks to your generous offer as well, that people with smaller businesses would be very, very wise, clearly, to talk to you and get some of the wisdom that you you would have to offer. So, Chris, as ever, thought-provoking and and very interesting, intellectually stimulating stuff. Thank you, Thank you you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective Podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. 
Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.